You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to Bear and Balance. I'm Jeff Burkus, a writer for Windy City Gridiron, and I'm joined by the editor of that fine website, Lester A. Wiltfong Jr. Lester, the Bears continued the misery, this time against Jordan Love, a beatdown at the hands of the Packers. Other than that, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I mean, all things considered, just a just a, a bad, sad, that game stung so much. I mean, it was the Packers, so obviously everything's going to be, you know, escalated but week one loss there was no scenario i imagined would be like this and it just was uh terrible jordan love one and oh now against the chicago bears is he starting a new a new uh trend here i here's what number one we talked about this when the schedule came out this made me so mad i did yeah. not want this game to, to lead off the year now as a just an nfl fan we know that what you see in September is not what you're going to see in November and December out of these football teams, right? It takes a while to know what these teams are. So, so your brain knows that this is not what the football team is going to look like in a, in a couple of months. But everything else, your gut, your heart, everything else is just wrenched dry. I could not sleep that well coming into that game because there's just so much emotion riding in it and i gotta tell you last night i slept really well not because i was in a good mood but because there was just this release of tension you were from drained the game. finally yeah. i was drained i was <laughs> drained i slept very well last night because i think i was just exhausted i i was up i'm always up later usually I like, like i like the noon games because then i can kind of do my thing i have a few things i have to do with the sites uh there's a couple articles i have to get out i have a, of course my monday morning article the snap the snatch stats and snap counts article i do so i was up working on some of that stuff i was tweaking a few other things just uh just i, I couldn't sleep i was up till almost 2 a.m which is not good for me when i have to work the next morning so you know but then like i said once i once i knocked out i was fine i woke up and like I was telling you earlier, I did the I did the post game show with Bill Zimmerman. You know, we have a brand new post game show here on the channel. Um, that was exciting. I'm not a big post game fan. I don't like doing them that much because I don't want to sound too meatbally. But that game was so bad. It was just so awful. So many things went wrong. You know, I, I don't think I could have. You know, there was there was no level of meatball I could have went to or would have made would have been offensive to anybody because it's like yeah, that's. He should be pissed. You know, Bill. Bill's great. Bill was. Bill was fired up. You know, he got me going a few times. So, you know, here we are, day after. Like I said, we're supposed to be the cool down show, but I'm still kind of. Uh, I still. I still feel it a little bit. Well, and you also had your in-game commentary that you did on the app that you're newly involved with yeah. this year, Pro Sports um, Fans app. It was uh, not a fun debut. You know. <laughs> Neither me or my co-host wanted to have the week one. 
we just didn't want to be the guinea pigs for the for the app. We were. It was a horrible game to talk about through it. It was fun though. I mean, we had a bunch of fans pop in and out of the chat, and we had a couple guys we brought on air with us. So it was interesting. Um, I think our next one we're scheduled to do is the Denver game, which I think week th- four. So it is what it is. It was fun. Hopefully, it's a better 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 outcome the next time we get a chance to do it. All right. Well, let's get into some of this terribleness that was. We always start <laughs> off with the trench tribute, which, boy, I tell you what, if there Jeez. was a game to ever show how important the trenches are, this was it. So uh, let's let's start with you. Who did you identify as your trench tribute in week one? There's not a lot to choose from, by the way. This was hard. This was hard. You know, like watching it live, nobody stood out. You know, usually when I watch it live, I, I have a couple guys in the back of my mind. Okay, I got to make sure when I when I do the rewatch, I got to keep a close ride on this guy. I, th- I think he did pretty good. Nothing, nobody, no one stood out on my on my initial watch. So watching it back through, I kind of like okay. I looked at some of the numbers on defense. I'm like okay, Yannick Ngakwe. Okay, that's the only guy I could find. Uh, one sack, four tackles, two tackles for loss. Um, He's pretty quick off the ball. I know we, there's there's a lot of talk about get off here this last offseason because of some of the Bears draft picks, but he gets off the ball pretty quick. He, he's a playmaker. He's the only guy the Bears really had that can get pressure, it seems. I mean, it's one week. Uh, obviously, things could change. You know, maybe Dominic Robinson will learn a pass rush counter move next week. But so far, one week, he was the one guy that really stood out to me on that, uh, in, in the trenches of the Bears. Yeah, uh, I saw a stat earlier about the fastest average get off, uh, and he, he made the list. Uh, okay, and, and there was like three Eagles that made the list, which gives you an idea of where the Eagles are built. Uh, but but he had a, a very quick release off the snap, so so you hope again that other guys can maybe learn from him on that. And one thing I wanted to say is that I have, I mean, I have been watching him play all over the league for the last few years, yeah. and I pronounce it Yannick, and. I keep hearing it being pronounced Yannick, Yannick. like unique. And I'm like, yeah. have I been saying it wrong for the last few years? So uh, apologies to the Ngakwes if I have been mispronouncing uh, Yannick's name incorrectly, but we will get it right, uh, particularly if he continues to provide pressure, which he was pretty much the only one that did. And and not only that, there was the only sack, right? And sack. And it was like, I don't know. Love held the ball for like five seconds. It that was a coverage sack, so it, it was a very very bad day, which we will get into I think a little bit more as we roll along. All right, for me, uh, I I can't highlight anybody on that offensive line. Um, that's definitely not going to happen. And so I figured uh, we wanted to make sure that we gave a little bit of credit uh, credit to Ngakwe. For me, it's Andrew Billings. Okay. Now, not splashing the the stat sheet at all. He had two tackles fine. Uh, but he looks like a legitimate space eater in the middle, right? And he was controlling blocks in the middle. And you look at the yards per carry that the big the big running back, uh, uh, A.J. Dillon had for the Packers, not impressive. I think he had, off the top of my head, so sorry if this is wrong, but 13 carries for 19 yards or something like that. So right. a really poor day from him. Obviously, Aaron Jones had, you know, more of the, the splashy plays, but but I would say that uh, Dylan's the guy that they want to ram between the, the tackles. He, they want him to run up the middle and then Billings is really eating up space. And even if he's not putting numbers up on the stat sheet, he's the one that's kind of controlling that space, right? It's kind of one of those 
I'm a giant guy. You got to move me off my spot. And everybody else just kind of like revolves around him. So um, to, to me, that stood out. And that's a stabilizing presence in the interior where you hope that the Bears can be a little bit better against the run uh, this year than they were last year. Yeah, Billings stood out a little bit. I, I noticed a few of the Bears uh, defensive tackles, they had some nice penetration. You know, it's hard to know how far they're supposed to go, like when they do the penetrations. It's a very uh, precise defense. They have to be in the, the right gaps at all times. Obviously, the the, the front four, uh, the linebackers, they all have a gap assignment. You know, so sometimes those guys are penetrating a little too much. I'm not sure if that was uh, okay. I mean, the coaches are who knows that. They create the film. They know what they're doing. But it'll be interesting watching how this, this group grows because, I mean, there is some potential there. I mean, as run stoppers. You know, I'm still curious where the pass rush will come from besides Yannick and Gakwe. And let me just say, me getting a name right uh, instead of you, that's that's rare air here for the for Baron Balance. Usually you're the guy that gets all the names correct, and I'm butchering everybody's name. So I got the Yannick in the back I, pocket there. I don't know that you got it right. I thought you said Yannick. Oh. But Did I? I did, no, I, I went did. with Yannick. I well, we're going to gonna get it right from now on. Uh, if that's the case. From now on, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. it has to have been some sort of note that was given to announcers because I had never heard it pronounced that way before. So, uh, all right. Well, again, not much else to really report off of the offensive or defensive lines, but just as like a bigger note, uh, and, and I don't know, maybe we can splash this here, but Ryan Poles being a guy that played offensive line in college and came in with some talk that he was going to figure this offensive line out. He didn't like anybody that was here. He was going to, you know, really build this offensive line and he's going to build up front on the defensive line. The bears went against a team that has done that. And, and yeah. that showed out completely yesterday. The Packers are deep and they're talented on both lines and they whipped the bears up front the entire game. And I, nothing was more obvious than the number of pressures uh, that the Bears had, which uh, our friend Brad Spielberger at PFF said the Bears had like six defensive pressures and they gave up some insane number like 35, which was second worst only to the Giants last night who gave up 36. So again, depending on where you get those numbers, those, those might be a little different. But according to our friend Brad Spielberger, it was 35 to six. And it felt like that. If, yeah. you, if you actually watch the game, it felt exactly like that. So uh, I think uh, we need to put the general manager on notice and say, you know, if you want to compete in this league and you want to do what you say you're good at, uh, we, we need to see some results. That's the thing. I mean, he came in talking about the trenches. You know, we were fired up because that's what he wanted to talk about addressing. And then, of course, his first year, we weren't happy with the moves he made on the line. Yeah, he had a, a reset, a rebuild in mind. So maybe that's what he was doing there. But then year two, Nate Davis. And that was really it. And then he gets a guy in the draft. Darnell Wright. I mean, I, I like Wright. I think Wright's got a good future in the NFL. We've got to see more out of him, obviously. Nate Davis has a, had a shaky start to his Bears career. Um, a couple couple draft picks uh, on the D-line. You know, let's see how they all come together. I mean, it's it's early in his tenure as a GM. But I got, I got to tell you, man, I'm with you so far. I'm not happy with the trenches. Yeah, really ignore the center position. Oh, uh, I mean, it's just, it's very obvious uh, when you watch this line. You, well, watch it in camp. It was bad. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it's on notice for me. Let's move on to our tweet of the week. I'll start off. Uh, our friend Chad Vonk says, if George McCaskey had the capacity to fill shame, he'd publicly resign tomorrow. Quote, I'm just a fan. End quote. F off George. 
I'm just a fan. You're the one person in the world with the responsibility to make the Bears successful. Stop gleefully announcing that you're proudly incompetent. Woo! Chad Vonk bringing it. I asked everybody on Twitter to give me your saltiest, hottest take, whatever it was, and I would feature my favorite one on the show. This one brought it. This is a 105-mile-an-hour fastball from Chad. Uh, what do you think? That nailed it. You know, I mean, yeah. we've been critical on a show about George McCaskey in the past. You know, we hoped he was on the right track by hiring a couple of guys and just getting out of the way. But, you know, ultimately, man, this comes down to George McCaskey's the guy that has been presiding over this team. And during his era, it has been awful. You know, the, the, the Packers. I mean, that's the rival. I mean, that that's that's who him and his mother have talked about so much beating the Packers. You know, the record against them during his tenure is, I think you tweeted about it earlier, didn't you? Yeah, three and 22. Uh, just terrible, you know, terrible. It's unacceptable. And I mean, there's only so much he can do it where he's at. He's got to put the guys in place and, and step back. And we talked about Ryan Poles. We're not sure about that move. Coach Eberflus, we'll see how this goes. But so far, as you know, through a couple of years, the jury is out on 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 what McCaskey has decided to do here. And again, George McCaskey seems like a nice human being. Yeah. You know, I've I've met him. I've talked to him multiple times. He posed for a picture with us when we were at camp. He posed for a picture with my mom when I took her to the Bears game last year. Like he's around everywhere. He likes to be amongst the fans. That's great. He's so he he's not a terrible human being. That's not what we're saying. But ultimately, as the chairman of an organization, a, a multi-billion-dollar organization, <laughs> like you know, you need to be held accountable for results. And when year after year you just are not getting results, you know, you're probably not in the right position to to be to continue to do that. Right? He's made multiple decisions that have led to what we have here. And so uh, again, we have high hopes for. Uh, Ryan Pohl still like that, you know, the jury's still out. We hope that he can, um, you know, show that he's uh, competent and that he's going to build a winner. And, and we're excited about what Kevin Warren can do and all those things. It, it, this is not one game and throw everything out, but it feels fair to, to call out the guy at the top after something like this. That's so important to bears fans. It's why I really hated this being the week one matchup. Um, it's just, there's so much emotion tied up into it for you, for me, for every bears fan. And we're just kind of sick of this three and 22 since, since McCaskey took over. It's also coincidentally three and 22 since they lost the NFC championship game at home against the Packers. Right. So you even take those two losses, you know, the one in like the last week of the year and the NFC championship game, it's, it's three and 24. So it's, it's brutal. It's brutal. Yeah. Right now, again, all we have is hope. You know, hopefully Kevin Warren's the right guy to write this ship. We'll see. Time will tell. All right, let's head over to you. What'd you what'd you come up with? I, I got a two for one here because I saw a tweet from Matt Bowen uh, at Matt Bowen 41. Moving forward with the Bears, need a highlighted section of the game plan that reads, get DJ the ball. Concepts that fit his receiving traits plus scheme touches. DJ Moore had two targets today. And when I saw that tweet, I'm like, that reminds me of a tweet from another guy I saw earlier today. Um, our guy at Gridironborn, which is here, our, our friend Jeff Burkus. What's the identity of this Bears offense right now? Screens are a changeup, not your fastball. Stop acting like that's an offense. Your best target is DJ Moore. 
run the offense through him. It's not Cole Komet, Kerry Blasgame, or Cap Bozo. It's DJ, and then you did an emoji, Mother F and more. <laughs> Use him. It's not like Luke Getty is not from an offense that had a dynamic receiver. You know, the Packers, Devontae Adams, that was his guy. Luke Getty was his, a, a receiver's coach. That was his guy. He, he brought him up. He brought him along. He coached him up. He became one of the top receivers in the game. The rest of the re- Packer receiving core was not very good. They ran that offense. Yes, it's Aaron Rodgers. So that obviously is, is a big say here. But they ran a lot of it through Devontae Adams. What he could do, he would dictate coverages. They'd base stuff off that. They still found a way to get Adams the ball. Now, I'm not saying that D.J. Moore is in that same class. I mean, he, I think he's a true number one. But Adams is, is a step above here. But D.J. Moore is a good route runner. He's good with yak. You know, he, he has good hands. There's more you can do. Coach Eberflus talked about it in this press conference today how he has to figure out a way to get him the ball. You're damn right you do. I mean, you made the trade. You brought him in to be the guy. Two targets. You caught him both, but two targets, that's ridiculous. He should have seven, eight, nine, ten targets per game, minimum. Yeah, he. I mean, this is why you get a guy like this is because you run your offense through him, right? So, so those – that play calls start right that that's how it starts is where do you where's the first read what are you trying to accomplish here and and who's the the primary target right it's not like everybody has an equal chance of getting the ball on every single pass play these plays are designed for read one read two check it down right and so if you're not trying to get the ball in his hands you know, I, I, we have no idea how many play calls were specifically designed for DJ Moore. We never will. But again, you, you should be approaching this like we got to get the ball in his hands seven, eight, nine times a game. That's just, you know, do you think the Vikings are trying to do that with Justin Jefferson? Do you, yeah. you know, all of these teams with good wide receivers, they're trying to put the ball in their hands so that they can try to make plays. The Bears weren't trying to do that. They they just had no sense of purpose. And my my point of what's the identity Last year, at least they established a power run game. I didn't yeah. see any real attempt at that. The only thing that I kept seeing were these screenplays. And my point with the, the pitching analogy is that, that that's a changeup. And, and a changeup only works, really, if you can throw a good fastball. And so it, it doesn't make sense to me to just keep throwing those changeups out there. The Packers are just sitting on them. They're not, they weren't in a susceptible defense to get gashed by that, um, by those screens. They, they were just sitting on them, waiting on them. And so it was just terrible play calling by, by Luke Getze with no feel for the game. And then I don't know, do you want to talk about the lack of blocking for these screenplays at this point? Or do you want to yeah. save that a little later? I mean, it was, it was bad. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of cold uh, to, to discuss this week. Yeah, I, I just didn't understand what some of the concepts were. Uh, I went on, on the rewatch. You know, there, there was a nice screen early to Herbert. A, a couple of those those pop pretty good. I think uh, there was a may have been a check down the form, and then there were a few few times. But you know, the the, the Chase Claypool didn't get a block on one. Uh, one of the throws to Claypool, he he was tipped and he and he bobbled it. You know. They know these are coming. You know, I saw something. I think uh, our guy Robert Schmidt tweeted out that they had one play where they had. Cole Komet and Blasting game were split out wide. Well, of course. Why are they out there? Because they're going to try and do the slip screen behind them with, with the receiver. Like, what, what are we doing? We're tipping our pitches. So we talked about on the show last night with Bill, man, Luke Getze, you know, this is a big year for him. You know, it's we've, we've, we've come a long way from Bears fans saying, oh, my God, 
the Bears are going to set up an offense and then they're going to lose Luke Getze after a season. (laughs) Now Bears fans want to get rid of Luke Getze because they think he sucks. You know, it's I think that's a little harsh, but again, the jury's out on Getze. It's a huge year for him. We got to see more from Getze. Part of it is, you know, and I see this a lot. It's in our comment section now. They don't trust Fields. Well, you know, if that's the case, you had all offseason to address that. That's not what you did. So I, I can't see that being the case. This is just, you know, whatever, whether it's coming from Coach Flus is be conservative or whether it's just Getsy's nature, they got to shake it out of it. And they got to start doing something different. Yeah, okay. If they don't trust Fields, this is, it's over. It's over. I mean, like it's done the right now. Done. The no season's point. over, right? So if you came into this and you don't trust him, then there, there's no path forward because you can't build the ship out of not trusting your quarterback. Right. And so if, if this is a case where Luke Getze forgot the experience that he gained last year when he switched up the system and they went into New England and they started running Justin Moore and all of a sudden the offense opened up a little bit and, you, you know, you let him try to hunt deep and all that. If you forgot about that and then you tried to make him into something different in the offseason, then that's I don't understand that. Right. So this is why I was somewhat hopeful coming into this year was that you had some something to point to from last year that said, okay, Getsy came in, he tried to do a didn't really work. So he changed and he understood what Justin Fields was good at. And he tried B and then B worked. And then yes, there was some growing pains because defenses adjusted, but for the most part, the second half of last year looked a lot better than the first half. And now you're in a situation where he had all off season to work with him and you got a bunch of screenplays and checkdowns, and that leads me just lead me to my stat of the week: two point nine, two point nine air yards per attempt. Oh, that's bad. Yeah, that's bad. That's a lot of behind the line of scrimmage on the screens. That's a lot of sh- checkdowns. That's a lot of short short uh, passes. Fields is uh, air yards per attempt last year with four point three. That's fine. Like if you're somewhere around the four and a half mark, that's fine. Unless you were like a real yak merchant, right? Like four, four and a half, five, you're fine. You're taking enough deep shots. You're, you're, um, you know, letting your guys uh, catch and run with some of the short balls and maybe a couple screen passes, you know, four and a half to five is kind of the number that you'd like to see for a good quarterback. Um, 2.9 is bad. 2.9 is really bad. And you get that way by having an incredibly conservative approach that basically is what it looked like to me Getsy had in mind. Like he came in in the first quarter and was like, well, let's not lose this thing. And it's like, we, you haven't done anything yet. There's no aggression here. What is this? Right. So to me, that's one of those stats that really just pops out that says, you do not understand what you're trying to do here. What makes it so bad is they had all, all off season. You know, they knew they had the Packers. You know, this is right. the game plan. Yeah, and I know you, you always hear, oh, they don't really do much game planning. Uh, it's, it's there. You know, you, you understand who the, the team you're you're having week one. You can start having these concepts in mind, what you want to try and work on during the during actual game week. You know, it's there, and this was it. So at some point along the way, you know, Getsy and, and the offensive staff or, or, or maybe the head coach, they said, hey, let's, let's be conservative in this first week. Uh, the Packers defense is is this. I mean, they ran a ton of zone, which is Justin Fields will see a ton of zone because of he sees so fast. You cannot play man against the running quarterback. It's just, you know, you can do it once in a while, but 
it's just not a good idea. He will torch you when you turn your back and run with the receivers. He will just take off and run and pick up gobs of yards. So please play man against the Bears. But it's it's all zone. He saw a ton of zone. And, you know, we're going back to the DJ Moore stuff. Where was a slant? I mean, why are why is this team allergic to slants? You know, it's a Packer staple, you know. Right. Why are the Bears allergic to slants? I don't understand it. I don't either. What did you have for the stat? For my stat this week is uh, 15.5. And uh, that was the over-under that was most books set for Chase Claypool receiving yards. And a lot <laughs> of Bears fans jumped on that. Like, wow, 15.5. This guy had an outstanding training camp. Him and the, the Justin Fields connection was was pretty real. 15, that's, that's one catch and run. I'm not a huge betting guy, but I, but I put some money on that for 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 DraftKings. I had that part of my prize picks uh, uh, parlay thing there. Nothing, no catches, no yards. Chase Claypool, the effort from Claypool has been getting dragged on social media all day long. People are posting clips of him just kind of dogging it. You know, uh, we, we heard from people that were at the game. It does not look like he's into the game. This is going to go down as just an awful, awful move. Again, going back to Ryan Poles, Ryan Poles, and you know who is Chase Claypool? I mean, he's going to be out of the league. He's in his contract year, and this is the kind of effort. This piss poor. What are you doing? You know, the the, the block he got blown up on. You know, when I was on the app talking about it, you know, we, we talk about Braxton Jones can't anchor. Chase Claypool can't anchor. He's going against a, a guy that's 5'10", 200 pounds. Chase Claypool is a physical specimen and he got his ass whipped back in the darno mooney awful effort by chase claypool last year he gets the bears trade for claypool he comes over and he just you know he's injured he's he's kind of kind of struggles there's just some weird stuff that happens and you just kind of like okay on a personal level that's probably really tough to get traded maybe there's some animosity leaving the steelers and you know it's new people and you, you know you're learning a new offense and like i gave him a pass like i i'm not going to judge what he did last year like that that to me just on a human level i can't do cuz i just i can just imagine a million stories of why it's hard to to be able to do that You've got a whole off season. You're hanging out with Justin. You you're chippy in camp, right? You're mixing it up with the defenders. Like you, you know, you're you're dropping at a at a dime to to push and shove you know your teammates because you know you're so fired up. Then you get into a game and you do this. This is, I mean, I'm I mean, out. Like I mean, yeah. it, very quick for me to be like, oh, okay, you you're terrible. Like this is if you if you don't show an effort, what's the point, right? Like it's it doesn't make any sense to me how you could get blown up on a block and, and let Mooney get knocked out for, you know, a, a, a loss on that play. And there were multiple plays. He, you know, completely olayed a block downfield. And like the, the guy ended up, I think in on the tackle. I mean, like it's just no effort. Right. And so, yeah, I'm willing to circumstance. Oh, it's fine. Yeah. Last year, like, you know, just write it off, but you come in this year and this is your week one effort. I, there's no, there's no possible excuse for this. And honestly, the same thing for the, the Nate Davis stuff, right? That oh. Nate Davis doesn't practice. We don't know why, you know, okay, fine. It's not our right to know exactly what's happening with the guy. Maybe it's personal. Maybe it's an injury that they don't need to disclose. I, that's true. And we said the whole time, I don't care if he doesn't practice, if he comes in and he plays well, like then fine. Right. Like that, that's all that matters. He was 
terrible yesterday. He looked like he didn't want to be on that football field either. So now you've got two of your starters (laughs) that look like they have no interest in being on the field in a rivalry game in week one. I know that this game means more to fans than it does to the players. I get that. I understand that. But this has to mean a little bit to you, right? Nate Davis, you just got paid. Maybe show up to the job you're getting paid to do. And Chase Claypool, you want to get paid. So maybe show up to the job that you want to get paid to do. I, unbelievable. They, they both deserve to be called out. Claypool deserves to get dragged. So does Nate Davis on, on any social media right now, because that effort is on film. We all have access to this. I, you know, if some of us have more access than others, I guess, but yeah. we all have access to this to some extent. And I think they deserve every morsel of it. If you're coach Eberflus and, and your whole philosophy is it hits philosophy. These are your principles. You know, this is what you, 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 your entire coaching staff are preaching to your players. This is what, what's going on here. And then you have the effort. I'm curious what's going to happen this week. You know, he, he, I would not be surprised if he's an, he's the guy that's inactive next week, you know, bring up equity St. Brown, because I, t- I tell you what, equity St. Brown, he, he would have made those blocks. He would, he you would know. try. Yep. Absolutely. He would try. He, He's a he try hard guy. He, absolutely. Oh, at some, at some point, that's what Bears fans like. They, you want the, you want the try hard guy, right? Yeah. I don't care what this guy looks like with his shirt off. I want him Give to be like, Josh Bellamy out there. You know, I want him to get a block. Yeah. Oh, all right. We talked a little bit about fields already, but let's, let's talk about it. So 24, 37 for 216 yards, one interception, one fumble loss, took, took four sacks, Carried the ball nine times for 59 yards. I don't believe any of those carries were design runs, though. I think there was one. One? Okay. There was one late quarterback draw that kind of pissed me off because I'm like, why are you running a quarterback draw at this point in the game? And that annoyed the hell out of me. Another gutsy issue there. But, yeah, it was mostly uh, scrambles, which is what you want to see. I mean, this was the second most ever completions and attempts in his career. But not a lot of yards. I mean, for for that many attempts, Uh, I think, you know, again, that's really overall reflection of the the 2.9 air yards per attempt. Only two of those 37 passes traveled more than 10 yards in the air. Then it's just unacceptable. And both were complete, I believe I saw. Yeah. Well, Well, you know, let them, you know, push down the field. Right. And again, I I get a lot of people. Well, Fields is choosing to not pull the trigger on something. Undoubtedly, that's true. Undoubtedly, he had passes available to him that he didn't take. I still think that there was so much that was called that was designed for him to, you know, throw the screen pass or dump it off quick. So maybe he needs to get and pressure in his face 35 times. Like, let's 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 talk about that. I mean, again, if those PFF numbers are real and he was, you know, he was pressured 35 of 46 dropbacks. 45 dropbacks. I mean, that's an insane percentage. And, you know, if you, if you've got pressure in your face instantly, what are you supposed to do? Right. You, you are supposed to kind of dump that off. So again, undoubtedly some of those throws are there. He needs to be quicker on the trigger. Uh, but overall, I think that the offensive line, the game plan, uh, you know, maybe some of his receivers lack of effort didn't help him either. Yeah, I saw a stat come across Twitter earlier today. I, I wish I would have grabbed it because it was kind of interesting. It was, uh, I think he was 10 of 14 uh, when he had a clean pocket. Uh, so he did have a clean pocket in, on occasion. You know, the ball came out a little quicker on, on some of the plays. Um, but when he was pressured, obviously, there were issues. And, you know, look, he's a, a, a third-year quarterback now. You know, he's going to get pressured. He has to understand, you know, where his hots are. Uh, he has to get rid of the ball quicker. You know, this has been a, a question about him his entire career. 
Um, last year, I kind of gave him a pass because he was thrown to, you know, a bunch of guys that are no longer in the league and a bunch of guys that just kind of are bad or on practice squads around the league. So, you know, now he's got a better receiving core, you know, which is odd to say after I just ripped Chase Claypool. We thought he would be a better receiving core, but he's still got DJ Moore, um, you know, Robert Tunyon, who didn't play much in the game. So let's see how this develops. You know, let's see how Luke Getze and Justin Fields can kind of tweak this and move on. You know, Justin Fields in his press conference after the game, I mean, he, he seemed a little upset. I mean, at one point he actually addressed the camera where he's like, you know, he basically apologized and, you know, he vows to get better, which is he's, he's accountable. You know, he understands the pick was his all, all on him. Um, that was broken down quite a bit. I, I know Matt Bowen did a breakdown of that on Twitter earlier today as well. So, he knows what he did wrong. He knows what he has to fix. Can he do it? Bears fans, if he doesn't, if he's not the guy, holy crap, here we go again, you know. Oh, let's shelve that one for a little bit. I, I, don't, exactly. think I, have the, I don't think I have it in me to talk about that today. So we're going we're gonna to take a quick break. On the other side of this, we're going to talk about everybody's favorite segment, the three bears. Stick with us. All right, Lester, let's talk three bears, hot bowl of porridge, cold bowl of porridge, and just right. Uh, who did you have for your hot bowl of porridge? Not a lot to choose from. I got to tell you, man, this is this is a first for me. You know, the spirit of this of this category is, is a player that exceeded expectations, someone that did something hot. Like, hey, I wasn't expecting this. I, I watched the game. I watched the game again. I looked over the stat sheets. I couldn't find anything. I thought about TJ Edwards because he had 14 tackles, but you know, I kind of expect that. I mean, he's, he's, that's what he does. He comes in here from Philly, 150 some tackles last year. That's what he does. I mean, that's expected out of TJ Edwards. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds had had some nice sticks. You know, he looked physical at the point of attack. He was all over the field doing stuff. He had, you know, eight, eight or nine tackles too. So I expect that. I got nothing this week. I got I got no hot bowl of porridge to give out. No one exceeded expectations as far as I was concerned this week. Um, and usually I try and come up with something witty, like, oh, let's let's let's, let's kind of you know a play on words or something fun. I wasn't in the mood. The friggin' Packers just kicked the Bears' butt. I'm not I'm like I'm I got nothing this week. How, how about you? What do you got? That's fair. Um, I'm wearing my shirt. There it is. The so guillotine. that's uh, okay. The Trenton Gill guillotine shirt. Uh, and yeah, I guess it's a little tongue in cheek, right? To name the punter, your hot bowl of porridge. I get it, but he was very consistent and I think he had a 53 yard, uh, punt average with a long of 54 and he had four punts. So it goes to show you like it was pretty much everything was over 50. He was able to boom it. Um, and I it just, there's more distance on his punts this year one did yeah. not get covered very well uh i don't think that was his fault i don't think it was a low hang time situation i think the packers honestly just got a good return off of it but overall i think you see that he's added distance to his punts uh, i think we're going to see more of that this year when we were at camp he was incredibly accurate in trying to uh cough and corner um or or try to you know get him inside the 10 or the five not a lot of opportunities for that yesterday. This, these were more of the booming punts. Um, but I, I think, you know, he, he's really developing into a solid punter and he has his own shirt out there. So that's pretty cool. So uh, I, I don't have anything else. It's it just, it's a hard one. He said it was very hard when, when 38 20, what are you going to do? You know? No, yeah. 
So uh, what about Cold Bowl? Where do you want to go with this? Who have we not called out that we want to you know, call out? That's pretty much are, what this is right now. There are so many ways to go with this. I actually, what my initial one I was going to do, you touched on earlier, the, the tweet from PFF Brad, our guy Brad Spielberger. Uh, so my initial cold is going to be the pass rush and the pass protection. Um, like you said, you know, the Packers had 35 pressures, according to their, their tracking. Um, that was, you know, second uh, – best you know besides the, the cowboys in week one and then the bear side their pass rush they only had six pressures 10 percent pass rush win rate which is uh the lowest mark they've had since 2021 just you know the trenches you know we talked about at the top the trenches were bad this week you know and and, and as a ryan poles as, as a former o-lineman you know, we figured he would he would have that change, and it's it's not the case. And and I, I will do one more cold here, just because I want to. I, I had him as my number two. Um, Braxton Jones, mm. bunch of penalties. Um, officially, he was credited with four. Uh, one of those penalties, I think, may have been because at one point they called, you know, the entire O line. You know, legal procedure. <laughs> I, I think <laughs> Braxton Jones in the record books, he got that. For whatever reason, because that's what it looked like. So he got four officially in there. And, and here's another weird thing: is his pass block grade for PFF was like ninety something. He only gave up one pressure, which was just weird. Because I did, I walked it back and watched Braxton Jones. I'm like, man, he had a nice game, but those penalties are all any fan they're going to think about because that's the life of an alignment. One was bad, right? I mean, one was like pretty clear uh the other one i thought like you got to know when to let go right yes. that's that's we talk a lot about that with you know you can grab them in the chest plate that's what it's there for you know as an o-alignment that's what it's there for but if you don't let go when that guy moves in a certain way it's going to pull away from the from, from his body and the you know the, a lot of times that's at the point of attack as the the quarterback's trying to get around which is exactly what was happening in that moment and because of that the ref is following with his eyes, he's following that quarterback. And so he's going to see that and it's easy for him to throw that flag. So you have to have the awareness that when that guy moves in a certain way, you got to let, let your, let your hand go. It's, that's all, that's yeah. all it is. Um, and so that was, that was unfortunate. Hopefully he learns from that. Uh, but, but otherwise, yeah, it's Mars and otherwise really good performance. And again, this is the guy that's, he didn't miss a snap last year. So this is the guy that has, is the most consistent on this offensive line. And like you say, had a good PFF grade, which, whatever i have my own issues with pff yeah, rates but like do. you know okay pass block win rate well, all that kind of stuff you hope he's taking that step but he's just gotta he's gotta make sure he cleans that stuff up um all right so i'm gonna call out alan williams okay good i'm, I'm glad we had a place to put him on here that's good the defensive coordinator what are you doing <laughs> what is this what is this soft cloud coverage that you're allowing Jordan Love to sit back there with only rushing four, you're going against a Packers offensive line that's really good. You're not going to run any stunts. You're not going to run blitz. You're not going to blitz at all. You're not going to run any games up front. You're just going to let them comfortably block the four-man rush that is inept, and then you're just going to sit back in soft cloud coverage and let Jordan Love pick you apart on third down. He was not good. He was not efficient. This was not a masterful Rodgers performance. This was wide receivers wide open because you're playing prevent defense in a game that you're tied or losing. I, 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 it was terrible. This was a terrible defensive philosophy. And I mean, watching it again, it just felt even worse that I, I don't think you can blame corners or safeties in most of these situations because the, the, the plays giving up 
10 yards before it's caught. There was one play early on. The safeties are, it was third and 13, that third and 13. Play. Oh, the safeties yeah. are like 25 yards back. What, what are we doing, Alan Williams? So no, uh, I, I don't I don't understand this. You either don't understand what you have on defense, which you would think is a strong secondary, right? So like let them man up and let them try to lock down receivers. Uh, you don't have much of a pass rush rush, so you need to find ways either by stunts um, and or with blitzing. You didn't do any of that or very little of it. Very low blitz rate, unbelievably low blitz rate, and you're playing a team that has. I don't know, inexperienced wide receivers and an inexperienced quarterback that you just don't heat up. I, I that I that I don't understand against like a really good offensive line. Like it, this is just complete unawareness of your team strengths and weaknesses and their team strengths and weaknesses. This is Jordan Love's second ever start as a professional quarterback. I, I know he's been in the league this is his fourth year, but this is his second ever start. And, and what do you hear every time you face a young quarterback? You got to pressure him. Heat him up. Get, get him off his spot. You know, you can't just let him sit in, in the pocket because any quarterback, any professional quarterback, if he has time, he will make plays. Now, now you mentioned Jordan Love was – he was not accurate. He missed some plays in, in the first half. I think at one point he was like less than 50%, you know, midway through the, through the third quarter. So he was missing guys, you know, but you're not pressuring him. You know, we took, I talked about a little bit last night on, on Bill's show. This is – it's not that Tampa too, but it's – a lot of the same principles, you know, they, they want to play their zone coverages. They want to rally to the ball. They want to make the tackle, get turnovers, you know, and you would think at this point, he would understand what he has, you know, Lovey Smith put that defense in, in the first year they were atrocious, you know, but then as they learned, they learned how to trust each other, they learned where the zone is, you know, knowing the spacing of those zones, you know, having, having trust in the guys in front of you for the gap integrity on, on the run fits, you know, having all that trust, takes time to build up. So even though this is year two of, of the of the system, how many new faces are, are in that front seven? A lot of them are new. So they're trying to get used to it. Ho- hopefully it gets better because it, it can't get much worse than what we saw. Well, and I'll just honorable mention, Coach Flus, we're getting dangerously close to the office space. What would you say you do here? I don't know, man. I'm not seeing hit philosophy. I'm not seeing any kind of influence on a defense. Like I'm, what are you doing here? So, whew, okay. Just right. Am I going first here? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I need to calm down. I'm going, I'm going back to special teams here. Okay. For the just right. How nice was it? The bears had a punt returner, Trent Taylor. There was no nervousness. The ball's in the air. I'm like, he's going to catch it. Two punt returns, just 16 yards. He had one fair catch, but there was no nervousness like, oh, my God, please catch it, please catch it, please catch it, you know. He's a good returner. I mean, that's kind of what he has. That's kind of what's had him stay in a league. Good hands. Just right. Trent Taylor. And then speaking of that, where was Valus Jones? <laughs> Inactive. Another Ryan Poles, uh, you know, mistake there from last year. His first ever offensive draft pick inactive and they talked him up too. how oh he's our kick returner well apparently he's not because the rookie tyler scott was doing it here a week one Bayless jones was having a cold bowl of porridge himself yes uh, i'm gonna take roshan johnson uh five nice. carries 20 yards six catches on seven targets for 35 yards now i know a lot of that was late in the game that is what it is but 
I thought that he looked like I expected him to look. He got a number of carries. Uh, he got a number of uh, of targets that made me feel like, okay, you know, he's going to be part of this game. Now, a lot of people are like, he's the guy. Like, he's 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 RB1. You know, it's like, oh, like, okay. Cole Herbert's still a good football player. You know, let's, let's let this play out a little bit. Um, you know, I think they like Foreman as well. I don't mind a three-headed monster. This isn't going to all of a sudden be Christian McCaffrey, you know, taking all of the touches for an offense, right? So uh, this is what you like to see early on. Again, 11 touches for a rookie in his first game. We've talked about this a lot. Running backs can make plays early. There's not a huge learning curve. Uh, but this guy has, I think, a pretty high likelihood of being a fan favorite pretty early. He also upgraded numbers before the season started so that was cool to see uh, 23 now, yeah now wearing the now wearing 23 30 i'm not a big 30 fan that's not it doesn't do anything for me 23 is obviously a very special number in chicago it's also just in general a good football number so uh nice to see that happen but he gets my just right that's a good pick i i like what he did uh he didn't play a lot early you know it was mostly herbert and uh and, uh, and and Deontay Foreman. I did see one play early on where they had uh, Johnson in with with Herbert, which is something yeah. I think you can do because Johnson, you know, when he was at Texas, he was all over the place. He's a former quarterback. You know, that's what he was. He was recruited out of high school as a quarterback guy. So he has some other skill sets here where you can kind of do stuff with him. Get get creative, Luke Getzey. Do something. Um, you know, and we'll see what happens as the year goes on. But like you, I think they're going to keep with a three headed monster for a while. And then maybe ride the hot hand at some point, but Willie Herbert's a good a good runner. So let's not push him to the side too quickly. I think Herbert's uh, Herbert's going to be fine. I call that the pony package, right? When you get a couple of running backs out there like that. There it is, SMU. All right, uh, that's our three bears segments. Anything final thoughts? Anything we missed? Anybody you want to take a shot at uh, to make yourself feel better uh, before we get out of here? I just want to put this game behind us. I mean, I got sack watch. I got to work on this week at some point. Uh, we just got a few other articles coming up about, uh, you know, the, the thing. I got another uh, another uh, recap show tomorrow night on the app. I got to do a little bit. So I just want to get this Packer game away. You know, it's just uh, week one losses always sting. Stings even worse here than it's uh, that it's the Packers. Well, we've got, you know, a full lineup of shows, of course, like you said, Bill debuted his post-game show yesterday. Obviously, we've got this show. Uh, EJ and I will be back with uh, another season of Bears Over Beers. It'll be more of an Ask Us Anything approach, kind of a hang session on Wednesday night. And that'll really be the pivot between looking behind us the last game and then looking forward. We're also uh, welcoming a guest who writes about the Bucks. On Wednesday night, so we'll we'll talk a little bit about their surprise victory in Week One over the Vikings. So that's interesting, right? Uh, I think that that was a, a little bit of a surprise. Also, maybe not a surprise because I don't think the Vikings are that good. But also, you know, the Bucks are supposed to be bad, so that was kind of a fun thing with with uh, Baker Mayfield doing that. Uh, and then, of course, you've got Taylor's Making Monsters. You've got Bill's normal show, uh, and we'll have Mason uh, in his slot uh, talking about the game preview on Thursday and then back with you uh, probably on Friday to talk Friday night, information. Yeah. And then uh, we do it all again next week. Do it all again, yeah. All right, so we'll get out of here uh, for the podcast. We'll stick around for some YouTube questions. And thanks for joining us uh, despite the bad news. And until next time, bear down. Ugh! <sighs>